stories, real stories from real midwives. This is Head On View. Day in the life. <laughs> she said, "What? These are our stories." And welcome to another episode of Head on View. So I'm Carly and I am solo hosting again today, but I have another guest with me. Today we are talking with Krista. She's a plant-based nutritionist. Hi, Krista. Hi, thanks for having me. You're welcome. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the business. I am a plant-based prenatal dietitian that also work with families like parents of babies. And I've been a dietitian since 2010. So for a long time, worked in various settings, wellness, adult weight loss, overall just being a kind of like allied health professional for a health clinic. People see their GPs and then they could also see a nutritionist. I'm American and um, in America, I was working at a health center is what we call it. And um, I saw probably about 30 to 50% of the, of the patients that I saw were pregnant. So I really just enjoyed working with them the most out of other patients. And I really found that there was a need for more dietitians for, you know, to kind of help support pregnant women. So I got pregnant and COVID happened and I left that job and I moved to Australia. Lots of life changes, but also lots of world changes. And the world kind of was able to go online and uh, I was able to start my own online practice here. While I got here, I also um, became certified in prenatal um, nutrition and dietetics. So I decided to kind of take that opportunity, take my online courses (laughs) and start an online business. Did you find in America it was a norm for a lot of pregnant people to see dietitians or was it only sort of if they were recommended to or? It was really interesting because like as the pregnant woman, I do not get any nutrition care and yeah, I couldn't tell us it was because they knew I was a dietitian. It was like very just like brushed over Um, and they did know I was a dietitian, but I learned so much more once I became a prenatal dietitian about that life stage, I kind of was talking to my patients and just giving pretty generic prenatal nutrition advice at the time, because that's all I knew. And the next person I saw what it had heart disease, you know, I wasn't very specified, but they just really kind of brushed over it. And then the patients I actually saw, there was actually a specific program that they qualified for in California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they they were so grateful to see me. They were like, wow, like, good for you guys. It was called Petaluma Health Center. They're like, good for Petaluma Health Center. Like every, all of us get to see a nutritionist, you know? And I was like, yeah, like they thought it was a, a special, a special tree, uh, except for the ones that thought that the nutritionists are the food police. But the, the ones, you know, we're like, yeah. oh, well, yeah, like now I'm pregnant and this is pretty important. And like, I'm so happy I get to see you. So that was also part of like why I decided to become a prenatal dietitian. Yeah, definitely. Because I, f- I found, as I was saying to you before, like as a, as a midwife, we got very, very little sort of nutritional training. We would do all the basic antenatal blood tests where we're looking at levels, things like anti-D, vitamin D, iron. 
and yeah. we will rec- recommend those supplements. But when you have people coming in who are saying they're vegan, vegetarian, or on certain diets where they're not eating maybe certain food groups, we as midwives, unless we go ourselves and get extra education, it's not standard that we have any education about this. And a lot of places, even in the private system, we certainly don't have dietitians that we can sort of send referrals to. In the public system, we do, but it's not very common unless someone was very severely underweight or had had a severe problem with you then normally involve a dietitian. And I think that that's something that you guys can relate to as midwives and that pregnancy is quite a natural state and it's not really the state of illness. And a lot of medical professionals are trained to treat something um, and not just kind of help nourish and help a woman thrive during pregnancy. So where nutrition comes in, I think is really important for different stages for every stage of pregnancy for different yeah. reasons I just for you know for for three or four specific reasons and what I thought found was that these other medical professionals are so great on so many levels doing so many things um, but when it comes to nutrition and dietetics they don't really know and it's not really their area of expertise like you said they have probably you know maybe one course um, and there's midwives that I know and love and trust, you know, but they tell me they don't want to give nutrition advice. They're like, when someone comes to me, like, I, I don't feel like I have the training and the expertise and they feel like they should see a dietitian too. Yeah, of course, because you don't feel comfortable giving out advice that you don't feel that you have the knowledge to give. No one likes to do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they shouldn't, you know, yeah, you want to give, to give advice that you feel really confident about. And then add the plant based on top of that. I think that a lot of women feel like there's no support and guidance and that they can be misguided even. So I tell them not even to ask, like not even to really ask doctors and, and about about their plant-based diet because at the most they will get, oh, you know, eat a healthy diet and I support you on this. And at the least they'll say, oh no, like you need to eat, like I think you need to eat eggs and, and meat for your pregnancy. They won't feel supported by them. And, and it's not to the fault of, of the health professional or practitioner. It's really just what they know. And the next person they see, they might tell them to eat meat three times a day. And that and that person will do that. So then the plant-based person comes to them and it's just, it's the a recipe for some misguidance. Yeah, 100%. And I think we, being plant-based, it's definitely more accepted, like just in general, in public these days. I remember, as I said, like I haven't eaten meat since I was a child. And I remember I moved to Australia about 20 years ago. And when I first got here, there was literally like one block of tofu in the supermarket. That Like that was the option. And I was just like, what the hell? Because coming from England where there was it was very widely accepted. And even now still in Australia, I find sometimes if you're sort of out in the countryside still, you'll go to a restaurant or a pub and your only option you can get is chips, oh, chips. Definitely have improved a lot, but then when you take it into the medical, you know, arena, and you've still got people that will say, "Oh, you know, that's you know that can't be healthy, or you shouldn't be eating this, or you need meat to get iron." And and I only feel that I've got a bit more education because I myself don't eat meat, so I'm like, "Well, I know this is not true." And everyone will always say to me, "Oh, you must be low on iron," and I'm like, "Actually, no, no, <laughs> not." Oh, that's exactly right, Carly. It's like you you think, "Oh, it must that must not be true." 
Well, but then like, what is, what is true? <laughs> like, what, what is it? Like, what exactly is it that I do need? And especially at a life stage on top of it, like pregnancy. And a lot of women start to feel, you know, start to doubt themselves and overthink things and worry. That's, that's why I want to help this population. But I'm definitely impressed with the, the how far it's come. I was full, full vegan probably about 12 years ago yeah. in America. And I'm lucky that I w- was in California for the past 10 years where like, I felt like we had so many options. And then uh, my husband's Aussie. And every time I came here, we were like, I don't know, I just feel like the cafe, like the actual places, there's always like good veggie options. And yes. then there's like so much like good quality vegetables. And I felt like the food here was so, was so good. And I'm, I'm from the East Coast of America, like, and an Italian family, and it was very meat and cheese centric. So even in the, even in the last like 10, 12 years, I feel more confident at helping people even go yeah. a little more plant-based because, you know, 10 years ago, you're like, oh, just, you don't want to just replace cheese and replace meat with some, with some like veggie option because it tastes terrible. <laughs> yes. Dude, I hunted a long time for a good vegan cheese and... Yeah, <laughs> I still yeah, and in California it was a little it was a little better. I think I kind of yeah. took me a couple steps back since uh, we were here the past year. But we don't do any dairy in our family. We're we're raising our our daughter. She's now um, eighteen months, and yeah, we're raising her no dairy. And and you, are you raising your child plant based as well? Yeah, we are. We are we are plant based. We yeah. we're not one hundred percent. Like mm-hmm. I was, I've gone through stages of one hundred percent and. My daughter doesn't eat egg. I eat eggs sometimes. Mm. We were living like in a farm town in Petaluma, yeah. California. And so I felt pretty comfortable like knowing the chickens and eating their eggs. And and then I've been known to have some small fish at some. <laughs> and like, well, I don't know if oysters count as vegan, but. I think I that there's like, always that debate in the vegan community. Yeah, and I don't even <laughs> like the debate. And I just, I, I really meet people where they are in their motherhood journey. Yes. And yeah. In their plant-based journey. So from, you know, thinking about trying, you know, total preconception mm-hmm. to uh, mothering infants um, and toddlers. And then also from, you know, 100% vegan to just like thinking about eating yeah. more. Have you yourself experienced any sort of negative feedback from medical professionals in terms of feeding your child? Have they said, you need to feed them eggs for their protein or you should be giving them dairy for their bones, which I feel is kind of the old age. I had a pediatrician that I loved in in America, but she did say, and I was breastfeeding at the time, and we were suspecting some milk allergies, even though I wasn't drinking milk. They, you know, milk and soy are very related. So they they were suspecting some allergies to my breast milk. And I said, oh, you know, well, she's not going to have any cow's milk, even when she turns one and and the daughter was like, mm, well, you know, like that really is the best. That's the best for, for really her growth. That's basically what she was saying to me. And now that I know a lot more about it, what we are looking for in the cow's milk is protein, fat, and calcium <laughs> and, and vitamin D maybe, which is fortified anyway, yes. even cow's milk. So there's no reason that you need cow's milk for those nutrients. They're, they're very available in plant foods. It just needs to be planned. If you have someone who is pregnant and they're plant-based, I know everyone is individual, but if you've got sort of like a generic sort of general base that you would start at for advice. It all depends where they're starting. And often 
the clients I see at this point are not coming to me for not plant-based recommendations. So it's very rare that they'll say, oh, well, you know, I eat, I eat fish and eggs. So how do I incorporate them into a balanced diet? So really, uh, I'm helping them balance their plate with plant foods. I go through specific nutrients and ones that might be a particular importance during pregnancy. And then ones also that might be of particular importance in plant-based pregnancy that you might be missing if you're eating 100% fat. And it's nothing to be uh, scared about or feel like, oh, I should just eat eggs and I should just eat the fish. Uh, but it, it's really a lot of debunking myths that, you know, you do need milk for calcium and you do need fish for DHA. It's about where they can get those nutrients. Yeah. So it, we really do break it down just because pregnancy is such um, an important life stage. I really feel like it's the most important life stage to start eating healthy. And so that's why we focus on balance. So to answer your question, it's a lot about diet diversity mm -hmm. and planning a plant-based plate that includes a high quality plant-based protein. So your legumes or soy or seeds, and then your grains and starches. The grains are CD as well and whole grains. And that's even, that's an extra bonus. And then your fruits and vegetables. That is like the very basic plate. Now, pregnancy is also a very difficult time to eat well when all the side effects come into place. If you can't eat any fruits and vegetables, then we talk about how you can meet your nutrient needs. And then when it comes to the specific nutrients, then we really have to talk about supplementation. So those are the three things that we really focus on. And that's what my recommendations usually entail how to balance your plate, balance your day, how to get the most nutrients throughout the day when you're experiencing fatigue and nausea and heartburn, and then what supplementation is necessary because it, it is necessary. I think one of the most common deficiencies we see is probably iron and vitamin D. And often with iron, the first thing people will do is, I've seen other midwives and doctors say is, oh, make sure you eat plenty of red meat. Yeah. And it's literally like, apart from, you know, going the normal, the iron tablets, but that's the next in their diet, they say, oh, make sure you eat plenty of red meat. And I'm like, well, that's well and great, but there's plenty of ones that, apart from being vegetarian, there's a lot of people here who don't eat red meat as well due to religion. So then you're like, okay, well, now we need to look at the alternatives. And unless we go off and research it, our basic information we're giving to us is just like, oh, I just don't want to eat red meat. Yeah. And and, and yeah. it goes the same with eat milk, eat dairy for mm. calcium. Yeah. Um, and eat fish for the omega-3s. So there are definitely plant sources of these foods. With DHA, it might require some supplementation. Fun. Now I know that, right? With calcium, it might require a fortified food, a plant milk that, that's fortified yeah. with calcium. And for the iron, what it requires is pairing up a plant-based iron food with vitamin C. Yes. And, yeah. And I love iron deficiency and vitamin D deficiency are the most common deficiencies for any type of population and any type of ways of eating. And at different life stages as well. Iron deficiency is super common, but the plant-based diet is not necessarily at more risk of iron deficiency. Yes. And I, I think that's one thing that it's always like the first thing that's normally said said to people and another important one that I think a lot of I didn't even realize was is B12 and that's something I didn't even think about until I went to my doctor once and was like oh I feel like I should be getting bloods because I don't eat meat and I I was strict for for a while as well and I was like 
you know, I just feel I should need to check up and make sure. And he was actually very knowledgeable and was like, okay, we should get this, 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 and you should get B12 as well. And I was like, oh, okay. And then, yeah, and then I learned all about B12 deficiencies and how dangerous they can be. Absolutely. It's not very, it's not consistently abundant in any plant-based mm-hmm. uh, B12 supplementation is often recommended before, you know, recommend to take a bunch of supplements. I always want to know how the diet is is going ahead of time. And, and of course, with the side effects and what they're able to eat, not like taking vitamins just is the cure-all anyway. But I, I always want to know what the diet is like first off. And uh, even, you know, women who are afraid of eating too much processed food, sometimes we have to work with them to eat a little more processed foods like a fortified milk or a bread that might yeah. have folate in it instead of, you know, just everything, just plants, plants, plants. So this is what is the most common it's like you're eating plant-based even 100 vegan not pregnant going through life but getting by like you feel like you're getting by oh i think i'm okay and then you get pregnant and you then you just suddenly start to care a lot more and then that's where the doubt comes in what do i need to grow a healthy baby a, a lot of these women they just feel like feeling confident in knowing exactly what they need and what they could do is the missing piece. So, because then the other comments come in from society and well-being health practitioners, it's all fine. Find a vegan doctor that's fantastic, but but it's all the things that they are led to believe that you know kind of starts to infiltrate. You say, oh wait, do I should I just eat eggs? Do I just need this? Do I should I just you know eat meat for for the iron? Should I just do that? So, it's that kind of missing piece of just getting the right information. Definitely. <laughs> and do you find that you have to change your recommendations from being pregnant to then going like postpartum, now you're breastfeeding? What it is, is definitely like looking at the diet, but sometimes it's important to get some things checked before you're pregnant. Or, you know, so when you're trying, okay, let's get my B12 checked and let's get iron checked and vitamin uh, D-check. D, before yeah. it's just like supplement, supplement, supplement. Right? As a standard, they're normally checked antenatally. So for any pregnant person antenatally, we normally do a whole bunch of bloods as standard. And things like B12, vitamin D, iron, they're, they're kind of a standard one we would do normally along with things like liver function and like serology. They, they all normally just chucks in with the standard ones. Yeah, um, right. And that's where it comes from like, oh, baby, takes everything it needs. It doesn't matter if you're not eating well your first trimester, you know, it, it, it's taking from your stores. Baby's taking yeah. it out from stores. So that's why it's really good to check, you know, especially if you've been vegan, um, what your beach ball stores look like. And everyone should really check what their, what their vitamin D stores are like anyway. So that's where that comes from. Then we talk about the supplementation and then it's a high focus on protein. <laughs> the protein requirements increase yes. so much during pregnancy and every plant-based person has been asked where they get their protein. We do have to focus on it a lot during pregnancy. And then postpartum, it kind of just goes a little bit more towards calories and carbs and not so much on the on the protein. It's breastfeeding calorie requirements just um, increase even more than during your third trimester. So it's about getting enough food in during breastfeeding. You, you first have a baby and there it comes with all of these challenges and you're just trying to feed the baby milk and and you're in survival mode yourself. So it's a lot about preparing for that during pregnancy. So it's just about nourishment um, and getting in minerals and enough carbohydrates through plant-based foods. And then it's starting solid. And just getting prepared. And 
Do you work with the families as well and then work with the, the children? Yeah, it's a different life stage, but it's the same concerns. Like, how do I meet nutrient yeah. needs for, you know, for growth and development? Does my baby need supplements? Do I need to supplement when I stop breastfeeding or when I still am breastfeeding or when they turn one? Or how do I, you know, do with fussy eating? So there's a lot with, with raising a plant-based baby. Our parents are mostly concerned with them meeting nutrient needs. And I was just talking today to a, a parent about, um, how they're more concerned <laughs> with their baby meeting nutrient needs and so careful about every single nutrient, uh, more so than just like the general parent feeding their kid need. And they're going to be so much better off because they're focusing on just diet diversity, offering so many different foods and preventing fuzzy eating through a plant-based uh, way of eating. So um, I think they're all doing a great job, but... Yeah, it's the same thing just to focus on the planning. It needs to be well planned. There's a little bit of a gap. Yes, definitely. I think there's a lot of negative connotations when you say, I'm you know, feeding my child a vegan or plant-based diet. Just because in the news, you often see the horror story. So a little while ago, there was news of this couple who had decided to feed their baby vegan and then the baby ended up starving and dying because they just they weren't they weren't doing anything it was basically they were just feeding very minimal and not meeting any of the nutritional needs obviously because they baby to come malnutritioned but people yeah. look at it straight away and they just see the the vegan title and they don't look at every there was obviously a lot going on there elsewhere but they're just straight away it's like oh of course yeah sort of eye rolls vegan it gets a bad rap that, you know, vegan diets lead to nutrient deficiencies, but the truth is that any diet is susceptible if not planned well. This is kind of the basis of health is having good nutrition. Yet, and it seems across the board, I don't think I've worked at a hospital yet where I'm like, oh, the food here is amazing. Like it's really caters to everyone and has all these really great options. There's a major disconnect yeah. there. Yeah. And, and it's almost uh, like two different worlds. Uh, the world that thinks that food is medicine. And, and, you know, Westernized medicine is, in, is just over, over medicated and over diagnosed. And then there's this school that thinks it's all about medicine and the food doesn't really matter. When neither one of that, those is the yeah. right approach. It needs to, to be in the middle it. somewhere. Yes, it yes. definitely needs to be in the middle. And there are definitely people that do practice that. So I think we're exploring the middle ground there a lot more often. And even just as you said at the beginning of this conversation that, you know, we've come a, a long way and it's more accepted. But yeah, we're still just would like it to be a little bit more mainstream and just a little bit more accepted because I feel like a lot of the women in, in prenatal care feel like they get a little, they feel a bit of doubt and they start to second guess themselves when they're not getting the mm. right support. Or if they feel judged in it, then you're less likely to sort of reach out and ask for help or advice, or you're going to go to the wrong places to get advice. And yes. you think just pregnancy in general is a good time to <laughs> reach out for support. And every pregnant woman that doesn't want to feel isolated and they want to feel supported. And then it's also this time where they might not be feeling well or, and then it's this time that they start to realize, oh God, like eating the right foods and taking the right vitamins, like all of this stuff is important and going to affect my baby. And am I like, doing it right? So much. And it's <laughs> just the beginning. <laughs> now, if any of our listeners want to find you, can we find you on Instagram? Yep. So 
I'm on Instagram at plant-based underscore motherhood. Great. I will post a little link to that in our show notes as well. Perfect. That's my Instagram for uh, pregnancy. And then other consults that I would do would be First Taste Nutrition. And that's just the website. It could be firsttastenutrition.com. That's just the name of my um, business is First Taste. Yeah important points or anything that you really want to get across or you think that people should know? I think that focus all the time during pregnancy. It's an important time to eat well. Don't stress too much about it. You know, seek help and support from from the right people and maybe, you know, from a plant-based expert. It doesn't have to be me. It doesn't have to be a dietitian. But if you want to talk uh, about balancing your plant-based prenatal plate and meeting nutrient needs during pregnancy, you know, try to talk to at least a, a plant-based health practitioner um, or a dietitian who is well-versed in, in this topic. Focus all the time during your pregnancy to nourish yourself uh, for a healthy baby. Use that time to balance your plate and to supplement well so you're setting your baby up for a healthy life. It is a special time when you're pregnant, even if it's your second or third pregnancy and you have a kid or a toddler running around while, while you're pregnant. Really try to acknowledge and focus on the importance of healthy eating during pregnancy. Yes. Well, thank you. It's been a great chat. Thanks so much um, for having me. Any right. other questions for me or? No, no, I don't think so. But I will put a little comment under. So if you have any questions or anything, I will pop it on the post and tag you in it as well. Yep. Perfect. And that's the Instagram. I'm very accessible through there. So um, just to even send me a message would be great. Good. Thanks so much, Chris. That was lovely talking to you. Thanks, Carly. Great to talk to you as well. And be sure to tune in next time for more laughs, thrills and real stories from real midwives on Head On View. I didn't know it was still recording.